Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today I have on Lacey Lahosky, who runs the blog <laughs> Live It Up for Lacey, which is travel for anxious and highly sensitive people. She is also the host of the Emotional Travel Podcast, where Lacey talks about traveling, managing anxiety, and wellness which includes topics such as travel anxiety tips, hotel reviews, managing anxiety, (laughs) and coping skills. Lacey's an avid traveler who still deals with anxiety but knows how to work with it so she can live her best life. Lacey wants others to know (laughs) best life. Lacey wants others who have had similar experiences to know they are not alone. She wants to empower others with the tools that they need to live their best lives. Lacey, how the hell are you? I am great today. It is a beautiful day outside. Um, I just took a walk, got some fresh air, even though the pollen storm is raining down. So I had to take some allergy medicine afterwards, but we're good. We're good here. Fantastic. Fantastic. I just think I started to get allergies. I've never had them. And I sneeze a record time, I think 19 in a row in my car. And I had to like descent, de-clean it or whatever the word is. I don't even know. See, I'm messing up all my words. When we talked before that, I was like, I don't know how to say words properly. So I was going to say descent desensitize i can't even all right we're sanitize. gonna move on yeah sanitize <laughs> jesus this is already starting off hot i like it i like it people are probably sitting <laughs> ahead of me right now um lacy tell us a little bit about you and why you're on today sure so i my name is lacy lahotsky um i am a travel and wellness blogger i do write about travel anxiety um i really want to make travel accessible for people who have really bad anxiety like i do because it's been one of the most like eye-opening and fulfilling parts of my life over the past, I don't know, like three or four years when I've like really started traveling seriously. But it does come with different challenges that I think most travel bloggers don't really cover. Um, you know, when I plan my travels to a new place, I always look at other people's blogs and I'm always left with questions like, well, what what about the bathroom situation? That's a big one for me because I'm a little person and I drink a lot of water <laughs> or like it's water free there. Can I drink the tap water there? Like, do I need to be buying a bottle of water every five minutes because I drink it so fast? You know, things like that, that are like not really covered in long travel blogs, but that somebody who has like anxiety, like I do would love to know. Um, so that's kind of like the perspective I'm trying to give with my blog. It's something just a little different, um, geared towards people with anxiety who still want to travel. You know, like I've always been a big believer and not letting, your physical or mental illnesses, limitations, disabilities, whatever you want to call them, define you and limit you from living the life you want to live. Um, You know, my husband once told me that it's all about making accommodations. So that's what I do. I make accommodations for the things that I know are going to stress me out, or I know that I need to have done or get done or, you know, places that I need to go that are better for me. Um, So it's all about that mindset around how can I still do what I want to do given the fact that I have like anxiety or I'm really sensitive, things like that. So that's where I'm coming from trying to, uh, trying to spread the good word about you can still do stuff when you have issues like I do. (laughs) I like that because I'm such an over preparer when I go on travels. One of my big things is like (laughs) searching everything and anything, but my big one is scams. When I'm going somewhere, I want to know what the scam is because I'm not falling for it. I want to know like some guy putting a bracelet on (laughs) me. I'm like, I'm not buying that pal. I'm out. I'm out. 
Yeah, we went to Morocco, like, literally as the pandemic was hitting. <laughs> and my husband, like, looked up all the scams. And that, that one was actually really hard for me emotionally because of, like, how many people, like, get in your face. They even touch you there, which I do not like to be touched by random people. Um, and so that made me really anxious. And I, we were, like, mostly in Marrakesh. And I did not like Marrakesh. Like, if anybody asks me, like, hi, I have anxiety or I'm sensitive. Would you recommend going to Marrakesh? My answer is like maybe for a day if you can handle it, but don't stay there. Like you need to like see it and then go move on because it is very stressful. It's very busy. The walls of the Medina are very high. The souks are crowded and smelly and overwhelming. And yes, yeah, so I had a hard time there. <laughs> What was that? And there's lots of scams. You have to be very hypervigilant. Yeah, I've, I've never fallen for a scam. Like when people call me about my extended warranty, I just hang right up on them. That's our scam. <laughs> oh if someone God. comes over here, like, don't fall for the extended warranty. Um, what was no. your first trip that you remember? Did you travel as a kid? Or what was it? Um, so my both sets of my grandparents were very avid travelers. Um, my grand, my mom's parents used to take me all over with them. Um, the one that I vaguely remember for probably earliest was when we went to New Orleans. Um, it was just like a weekend trip. I grew up in Arkansas, so we drove down from Arkansas um, to New Orleans, and we were there for like a weekend or something. I vaguely remember it. I was like four or five maybe, so it was a long time ago. Um, so I just, you know, started out like doing just little things, trips like that with my grandparents. Um, as I got older, my family went on a couple cruises. Um, and then once I met my husband, my now husband, before we were married, we traveled too. Um, it was just like, we went travel crazy. So, um, we've been together a little over three years now and we've been to, I think seven countries together. So that's pretty cool. What do you think is more anxiety ridden time anxiety or packing? Oh, definitely time anxiety. I get stressed out. Like I'm the type of person that if I'm there 15 minutes early, I'm late in my own head. <laughs> so like, that's me as a person. Um, and so then I'm always like anxious about like, are we going to get to the airport on time? And then like, I hate sitting at the airport too. Cause I'm like, I just want to go. I just want oh, to go. But I have an extensive, um, almost like obsessive packing list that I go over multiple times. <laughs> so I like, don't forget anything going usually. Sometimes I leave stuff in the hotel room. Like, who doesn't do that? Um, (laughs) But yes, no, I have like an extensively detailed, ridiculous packing list. (laughs) That's what you recommend for people. Just have like a set every time they go. So you're already ready. So I get that why you would pick that because Mm -hmm. you're already ready. You know what you need to do when it comes to time. There's traffic. There's Mm -hmm. so many different things. You can be like, I can get a flat tire. And then your anxiety just keeps going. You're like, I'm not going to make it. Oh my God. Yes. It's the worst. Um, especially well during the pandemic, when we would be flying out, um, we had this one really, really early morning flight. We hate like parking at the airport. We never usually drive our car except when we like scheduled an Uber ahead, no one showed up. (laughs) So then we had to like last minute scramble, throw all our luggage in one of our cars and like race to the airport. Um, so that we could like make our flight because like no Uber showed up. There was literally no one even driving on the road. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) This is a broad question, but hopefully we can stem off from it. Someone doesn't travel well. How are you? What tips are you going to give them? Like, um, just say someone's like, I, I've traveled once uh, as a kid. I'm very scared. Like, what would you tell them going in? Like, what would you recommend? Everything. Like, they come to you. What are you going to help them with? Well, I'd want to know what they're most anxious about first, because that would really like allow me to help them. But say they're anxious about flying. I get very anxious about flying. It gets, it's gotten better for me the more I've flown, but the first couple of times was very rough. Um, so if you have like 
actual flying, like movement of from place to place anxiety, noise canceling headphones. I just invested in these. They're amazing. Um, and then have like things to distract you. I actually have a whole article on like coping with travel anxiety on my blog and like an entire like very, very ridiculously thorough guide because that's I just am thorough and ridiculous and extra about anything I put together. It's just so much information overload. Um, so I have an entire like coping with travel anxiety guide where it teaches you like um, distraction techniques or different types of grounding techniques um, for a variety of different situations you may come across with traveling. Um, another big one that I hear a lot is safety, which as somebody with anxiety, safety is a big thing for me. So if you're like a first time traveler, I'd probably stick to like safer countries. Um, and for us in the U.S., a lot of that is like European cities, bigger European countries. Um, you know, think places like that where like people speak a lot of English and, um, you know, like a lot of tourists go there. So like the tourism sector is very strong. People know how to deal with tourists there. I wouldn't like go rush off into the middle of the Amazon rainforest or anything like that for your first time anxious traveling. Like that's probably a little extreme. Um, or even going with like a guided like group tour. I know they have like tons of different, like you want to go hiking, you want to go to a city, but like being on a pre-planned itinerary for a bunch of people. Maybe you meet some new people along the way. Those are really easy too, because it's like low stress or just go to an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean. Cause that's easy peasy too. <laughs> you know, so there's like a variety of options for, you know, depending on what you're like anxious about traveling. There's so many different ways you can approach it. That was what I was going to ask next. When you travel to a new place, do you usually go with the resort or you try to find like the locals, what they're up to? Like, what would you rather do personally? <laughs> Um, it sort of depends on the location. Um, we just got back from Mexico, like literally like this past week and we stayed in an all inclusive resort there. And that's the first time I'd done one of those. Um, mostly because I was just like, I don't want to have to think about anything. You know, we, we were talking before the show, I've been experiencing some like burnout and seasonal depression. I was like, you know, I just like want to go somewhere. I don't have to think about getting food or anything like that. And so, you know, to just like have an experience like that, where it's like, I can just lay here and do nothing. My food is like five steps away. I don't have to think about ordering anything, you know, like that, or like driving somewhere to go get the food, that kind of stuff was like really nice. Um, so that was my first experience doing that. But other times, like when we went to Switzerland, for example, we were like really into like, where did the locals go eat or like, um, you know, like, what are they up to? Where's the best things to go see that are like, not the super touristy stuff. Um, so yeah, it sort of depends on the destination for me, I guess. Aisle seat, a window seat. Mm, I they usually like a window seat for the view. Um, and it's easier to like sleep on a long haul flight, but because I have to get up and go to the bathroom so much, <laughs> I usually opt for the aisle because I like, I get really stiff sitting or like, you know, nervous, like I need to pace a little bit, stretch a little bit. And then obviously I'm going to the bathroom all the time. So I usually opt for the aisle seat. If there's like a two seater, my husband and I will just like take the row. And that's usually easiest because then we can switch back and forth. Or if I like need to stumble over him, it's not so like, you know, it's like weird, like going over a stranger's lap to like oh. get out into the aisle. Like nobody likes that. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. It's just awkward all around. <laughs> What is the etiquette on reclining your seat? 
well, okay, so I'm really short, so I don't really care if somebody reclines their seat, but I would like the courtesy of, like, check back behind you to make sure I don't have my laptop open. Yeah. Or, like, I don't have something that when you're going to recline, it's going to, like, spill all over me. Like, I feel like that's common courtesy, like, look behind you before you recline. But, yeah, I mean, it's not going to bother me. Like, <laughs> I'm still far away. <laughs> right. My feet don't touch the ground when I sit on the plane anyway. So, like. How tall are you? I'm only like five feet tall with shoes on. Oh, so you you, you might go in the store. Uh, you can go like in the carriage underneath your seat. You don't even need yeah, to. Yeah, pretty it. much. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I do so, get stiff, so I need to like stretch out a lot. Yeah, you'll be fine. You won't even hit anybody. Just keep going. I I, I can't even talk. I'm yeah. only five six, so I'm a, I'm part of the the lollipop <laughs> guild as well. So <laughs> I I know how it is. Um, <laughs> Now, when people come to you, are you very open of like what can happen? Like on flights, it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna have fun. It's gonna be an easy flight. Do you tell them like what could happen? It's like, okay, like it, there might be turbulence or the oxygen mass might come down. Like, do you give them a heads up about that? Like, kind of give the scare tactic to get them over it. Um, for me, I've like I try to be really real about the possibilities. Like, there's probably gonna be turbulence on every flight you experience. The oxygen masks don't come down very often. So like, it's like a, I'm a data scientist by day. So I look at the numbers, I look at the statistics. Sometimes that helps soothe me uh, before I get on the flight. During the flight, however, when that turbulence hits, it's like instinctual, that anxiety goes up. And that's when, that's why like, when I put together that coping with travel anxiety guide, I talk about pre-planning your coping skills. So for me, when turbulence hits, I immediately go to distraction. So like normally I'm like trying to read a book listen to music, podcast, something to get my mind to what, like, take me out of the space that I'm currently in, and then breathing techniques. Um, I'm a big fan of the 478, like, the diaphragmatic breathing, so I, like, immediately go to that, but it takes planning and practice, like, so you have to instill those skills instinctually so that when you feel that anxiety spike, you're, like, ready to deal with it, and that's what I try to tell people is, like, expect and plan for these things, and you'll be it'll be a lot easier to cope with it in the moment when you've already coped ahead for it. My anxiety when I get on a plane is who I'm going to sit next to. Do you have any horror oh my God, stories this is the worst. people you sat next to? Um, I do not because thankfully I've done most of my traveling with my husband. So we're like oh, usually yeah. next to each other, but I do have one time it was like, Oh my God, let me give you some context here. Please. So like first plane ride from like the, like during the pandemic, it was like, September 2020. So people were still like crazy about all sorts of stuff. Um, and we were headed to Las Vegas, <laughs> which is like the craziest place to go during the pandemic, you know? Um, and we got to the airport and we bought our tickets like a couple months. Like I think it was like June. So like pretty much nobody was going anywhere at the time. You weren't allowed to pick seats because they were like walking on the middle seats, all this kind of stuff. Well, we get to the airport and apparently that policy's changed and nobody notified us. So the plane is oversold. There's like 20 people on standby for this plane. It's like a hot mess express out there. And when we got our tickets and I like went up to the gate agent and I was like, can we put my husband and I next to each other? Like I have a fear of flying. They're like, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. And it was just like so loud. And there were so many people waiting at the gate. It was just so overwhelming after I'd been like at home pretty much just with my husband for four months straight, basically. So I was like starting to like feel the, feel the anxiety rising. And then, you know, like you get on the plane and everybody's got their masks on. And my husband is like way, way in the back of the plane. And I'm like in the very first row past like business class. 
for everybody to see, like, I just got so overwhelmed, sensory overload, people like tight in, you know, this plane, like everybody's in this space and everybody's like trying to put their bags up and there's just like so much noise and smells and sights. And I'm like, ah, sensory overload, have a panic attack. We have the masks on, so I like can't breathe again. Like double down on the not breathing. Um, and the people next to me are like, "Sweetie, is this your first time flying?" Because <laughs> apparently, with my mask on, I look like I'm twelve. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like crying. And the flight attendants are like, "Are you gonna be okay?" And I'm like, "I'll be fine." They're like, "You know, you can take your mask off to breathe." And I was like, "I don't want to get banned from flying," <laughs> because they were like talking about banning people who like would be like. I don't know, whatever about the mask thing. So I like had to take a volume and like calm down. And eventually somebody was like kind enough to like switch seats with me. So it was like across the aisle from my husband. So it wasn't like I had a passenger like next to me. That was terrible. I was that person because they wouldn't let the plane take off to like calm down. (laughs) That is horrible. I would. (laughs) So embarrassing. So embarrassing. Especially from Vegas. I would be like, even I would have an anxiety attack with just all the people in general before I got on. I'd be like, oh no, that'd be brutal. Yeah. Now, yeah. I always like I always hear like these stories. You might might have not dealt with it. You're not a, like I would I would say you're a flying professional, but you might not know this. I always saw I saw <laughs> one time a guy was walking another guy, and he had cl- like a cloth over his hands, and I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> so he was he was getting extradited. Have you ever seen that move? Oh <gasps> no, I've not. That? Yeah, some guy was getting, he was arrested, and they just put the cloth over. So him, they just know? covered. Yeah, it's like he was doing a magic trick very slowly. Like you know, he was like, he's like, I'll get this yeah. one day, and then like, oh my gosh, if someone if someone dies on a plane, I've heard this too. It's like they can't move them, obviously, so you have to sit next to a dead person the whole flight. Oh. You heard that too? Oh, I have not heard that. No, oh, I have not heard yeah. of that. Somebody did get arrested. Um, we were flying back from Spain over Christmas. I was literally on Christmas Day too. Um, some guy was being a total asshole to the flight attendant, like hit her and stuff. Like this was like right. Outside of my peripheral vision, but of course, when there's a commotion, everybody's like, yeah. we're all watching it shamelessly go down. He got arrested when we walked off the plane. Though, that we like walked out, there's like six cops standing right there, like, <laughs> like oh, someone's going to jail on Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. Give me a list real quick, and I'm going to ask you about them when they pop up. Where have you visited? Okay, um, I'm going to go in like chronological order, Perfect. reverse chronological order. Um, so we just got back from Mexico, um, and then we went to Spain. And before that, we went to Switzerland and Liechtenstein. And then we went to Costa Rica, Morocco, France, Croatia, Bosnia. And that's where my husband and I have been together outside of the U.S. Um, and then a couple of the cruises I took, I went to like, again, like Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Belize, and then a couple islands in the Caribbean, like the Cayman Islands. Um the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos. I'm trying to remember all the little islands that they stopped at. I think it's one stopped in Aruba. We went on a really long one, like a two week one. You've been like, on a lot, was a lot of Yeah, a lot of the Caribbean islands. <laughs> How was Switzerland? Oh my God. Switzerland was my favorite place ever. One day I will live there. I'm manifesting it. It is so beautiful. Um, I think it was like perfect. Um, during August, it was like sunny and like 75 in August. It was like perfect weather. Um, the hiking was amazing. I love the Swiss Alps. They were just like so epic. Like I've never seen mountains that big. Yeah. And you know, we went to Lauterbrunnen, which is like the like, storybook little village. Um, and you can just see these towering snow-capped peaks in August. They were amazing. So yes, I love Switzerland. I will go back. Um, and I would tell everybody that they should go. However, it is very expensive. So you got to be prepared to spend a lot of money. 
One of my places I really want to go and fly to is Japan. How would I deal with such a long flight? Like, I think that's another one that I don't like is because I'm confined and I can't really stretch too much. It's like, what what do you do on those mm-hmm. long flights? So I actually have a genetic connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Um, for me, the things that bother me the most, um, I get really stiff, which is kind of um, counterintuitive for somebody whose joints are hypermobile. Um, so I have like a specific stretching routine that I do on the plane. Like I will literally just get up and like go to the back of the plane and stretch like whatever. Um, sometimes if there's like, uh, one of the planes configuration, like where the exit row, there's like a bit of space in the exit row. I'll sit there and stretch in front of those people. Like, I don't care. Like I have to take care of myself. But another thing that really bothers me is like being upright for too long. Like all the blood will start pooling in my legs, especially on the airplanes. So I have like compression socks and some compression leggings that I'll wear to like help bring that um, bring the blood back up. But if it gets to a point where I start feeling faint, I will literally go back to the back of the plane and tell the flight attendants that I need to lay down. Otherwise I'm going to pass out. And they've been very nice. Like they'll put like some blankets down for me and like, let me put my feet above my head and then all the blood will come back and I'll feel better. Um, but you know, like, I think that's, you really just have to know what your body needs and then be willing to ask for what you need. Most people are very amenable. Like when you have something like that, they're like, well, you can't control it. And they're very helpful again, you need to be like polite about it and, um, you know, empathize with the other person too. And then people are usually like really nice. Um, we try to get like two seats next to each other too. And I like to go to the back of the plane cause it's a little easier for me to like get up and stretch and stuff. Normally if you're in the back of the plane too, there may or may not be somebody there's like the three seat configuration yep. in that third seat. So I feel like, because most people want to be as close as possible to the door. So my strategy is go back as far as possible. <laughs> Maybe you'll get lucky. And you'll have the whole world to yourself. Um, so that, those are the kinds of things that I think about, um, especially like on longer flights. Um, I do want, I would love to go to Thailand, but that is a very, very long flight. Mm-hmm. So we are actually using like credit card points and things like that to do, um, you know, like the award space. You can get like the first class tickets cheaper. That's a strategy I would look into as well. And I know that traveling the best pot is going to these places and everything but what else do you love about flying like what is it that you like you know what i can't wait to go somewhere else besides like you're like oh i'm going to switzerland i can't wait but is there anything else that you love about flying um i think it's nice to like have dedicated time away from your phone um i'm not the kind of person that gets it in flight wi-fi so it like forces me to get off instagram not text anybody not read the news things like that so i really like that dead like forced don't talk to anybody. Like you're kind of away from the outside world. Um, I use it to like catch up on books that I want to read. So I like either have like my Kindle or like an actual book um, and like make myself do those kinds of things rather than like surf the web or Instagram, things like that, that, you know, are just very draining. So that's one thing that I think is very underrated part about getting on the plane. Just don't get the plane Wi-Fi. Don't pay for it. Take your, take your phone break. (laughs) It's the biggest scam going. I was going to ask if you were a rule follower and turn off your phone when they say all electronics off. I don't do that because I want to see what happens. <laughs> and I haven't seen anything happen yet. I just put the, I put it on airplane mode because I don't know what that means, but I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I put it on airplane mode, but then you can't like access anything without Wi-Fi unless yeah. you have it like already downloaded to your phone, like podcasts like this podcast or yeah. you know um, songs, things like that. I don't even know how Wi-Fi doesn't work in the plane. It's like, you know what I mean? It's in the cars. I don't even know. Like 5G, I don't know what that means. And they, they say it's in the cloud. We go through clouds and it doesn't even work. That's the one thing that drives me nuts. I forget what like, it's called. I, none of this makes sense. Yeah. What is it? Fly? Fly-fi? What is it? Wi-fi? I don't know. Uh, like, see, that's how bad it is. 
Yeah, no. none of it makes sense. No, Elon no. Musk will have us all connected one day yeah. <laughs> with his Starlink stuff. Oh, they made it make, they needed to make traveling so much easier down the road where like flights just like take like warp speed and you get there like instantly. That that would be way better. But it's gonna be way more expensive if that's the case. Oh my god, it'd be so expensive. <laughs> Um, now the, the one thing that I saw on here with the, uh, what you include with helping people with your blog is hotel reviews. What do you mean by that? So I like to, I think, sorry, hotels are very important. Um, very underrated part of traveling because you will at least go sleep there for like eight hours. And as somebody with like chronic pain issues and anxiety, I want a comfortable, clean, safe place to, to like lay down at night because otherwise I have a lot of anxiety falling asleep it's hard for me to get comfortable. And if I'm like, haven't slept and I'm grouchy, like it ruins your vacation after like, you know, several nights of like not sleeping. Also, you know, jet lag is a thing. So just pile all that on. I know when I'm very tired and stressed out, I get way grumpier and get way hangrier. And it just like, is no fun for me or anybody else that I'm around. Cause I take it out on them. <laughs> Thank you to my husband for putting up with me and all my hanger. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that's really important to like give a very full picture. I mean, cause like I'll go read reviews when I'm like looking to book a hotel and if it ever says anything about uncomfortable or for a mattress, I'm like, nope. Um, because I want to enjoy that part of my vacation too. And I always like to take a little siesta in the middle of the day as well. So like have a nice place to like lay down for a couple hours in the afternoon after I've been out all day before we go to dinner. So having somewhere that's comfortable, safe, and in a good location, especially one that's like walkable if you're in Europe is very important. And that's why I want to give like more in-depth reviews of the places that I stay. It's very, uh, you can tell you just went to Mexico with the word siesta. So I like how you brought that <laughs> your, uh, your regular <laughs> vocabulary. That's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. now with, um, with flying, what, do you accept TripAdvisor? Do you think they're a legit website? Do you use them? Um, I will like peruse it. I don't like spend a whole bunch of time on it. If I'm like, well, I just want like general things to do, then I'll like go through there. So that would be like my first step, I guess, in planning a trip. I go check out TripAdvisor, what's there to do. Um, you know, sometimes I'll look at the reviews, but I, again, like I look at reviews from multiple places because yeah, you, know, you get different reviewers on every site. So I like want to know because I'm anxious if I'm going to get a good night's sleep or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's like my maybe like first stop. But then normally if I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. Let me go read more about it. So then I'll like search for that separately. What made you want to start to help people? Well, one, the pandemic was really what like sparked my like, okay, actually now's the time for me to act. But um, when I was 11, my mom committed suicide. And I promised myself then that I would never shy away from talking about mental health um, because if it was more talked about that long ago, like 15, 16 years ago, like the things might've been a little different with both like my growing up and like for her. Um, and that really made me unpopular, <laughs> especially because like, you know, 15 years ago, like mental health was a very taboo topic. And for somebody who's in like middle school, high school, like talking about it, being very open about their own struggles. Um, you know, most people didn't want to hear it. Most people had never had it. You come across anything like that in their lives. So it, I had a really hard time like relating to people too. So there was a lot that went on for me um, way before I started to live it up with Lacey. But once the pandemic hit and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like people's anxiety is just going to go through the roof. We have no, we have no idea when this is going to end. You know, there's so much like 
bullshit out there. There's so much like fear mongering out there and everybody's just like at each other's throats. And I was like, let me try to find a way to give like a holistic view and make people feel comfortable traveling again, because that's going to be such a huge issue after all this is over. Um, I think even like for the next couple of years, you know, people are going to be extra cautious on planes and airports, like leaving their home in general. So I wanted to make it so that people who did develop pretty bad anxiety during the pandemic, they could still do what they loved afterwards and then help people learn some coping skills along the way. (laughs) Help them right on the way. Um, I really appreciate that was a powerful answer. And I really appreciate you opening up about that. That does help break the stigma with sharing stories like that. Um, even if it sounds casually, it's, it's really good in a way and to just talk about that openly and like a yeah. nice space between us. So I, I really appreciate you uh, telling me that and everyone that's listening right now, what is a nice life hack that you could use when flying? <laughs> um, so this is mostly a short, per- short person life hack. But I always pack my backpack with, like, snacks and stuff. So it's, like, pretty full by the time I, like, slide it under the seat in front of me. And since my feet don't touch the ground in the middle of the flight, I'll slide it out and let my feet rest on my backpack. <laughs> that is a good life hack. What do you pack for snacks? What do we got? Um, I usually go with protein bars. Um, I have to have a lot of protein for my muscles and stuff like that, um, especially with my Eller Stanlos. Um, I always have some, like, gluten-free, like, sort of crackers or chips or something just if I like get hungry and then apples because they're the universal great snack and you can bring them on planes and that's healthy. That's very healthy. Now let's end up with this because <laughs> you have to be a healthy person for this. And I love talking to other people about this because I'm a practitioner is jujitsu. How do you think that helped you in life? And kick- well, actually, I know you're a big kickboxer. Yes. You, could solve my that first and you just got into jujitsu. So, um, I actually met my husband kickboxing, um, so cheesy. We met on Valentine's Day. It was like my second class kickboxing. And then we f- was love at first sight. We got married six months later. <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah. Way. How long so, you married? Uh, a little like two and a half years now. Like that's, we literally met like three years ago this past Valentine's Day. That's so. crazily awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, that it brought me him. So that's a pretty good perk, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, like. I started kickboxing at like a really, um, I'd say pivotal moment in my life. Um, I moved to North Carolina without a job with a boy (laughs) and, um, he was not very good to me. And I, when we finally split things off, um, I didn't know anybody here. I didn't have, I'd like just started a job. I'd finally gotten a car. Um, I like, I spent like the better part of a year at home, not around anybody else, not allowed to be around anybody else, not allowed to go anywhere because I didn't have a car. He's very isolated. And, you know, I was like kind of afraid, like being a very little person in the city where I knew no one and had nothing. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to learn to defend myself just in case. Mm-hmm. And I signed up, started kickboxing and I felt so empowered. I felt so strong. It really built my confidence. You know, I wasn't afraid anymore to be like a, single young woman out on the street by herself. Um, so that it gave me just like this, not only like physical, like benefits of like, you know, getting in shape and stuff like that, but also this like mental benefit, the strength and resilience. Um, and then it gave me a family that I didn't know that I could even have. Like my gym is amazing. Everybody is literally like a family there. Um, and I love everybody that trains there and I've built such great relationships with them over the past three years. And so Martial arts has like so many benefits that are just like 
you don't get when you just like go lift up like a planet fitness or anything like that you like get that community and it's that community that like helps you build those other skills what's the name of the gym uh gracie raleigh oh it's like right in downtown raleigh so you're in the gracie family lineage of uh of jiu-jitsu <laughs> i like that yes um, yes Kickboxing's really tough. I can't really, I can't really <laughs> twist my hips enough to like throw a, a nice kick. I feel like my mm -hmm. knees are gonna give out. But I feel like <laughs> if someone rolled up on you, nice little leg kick, and then when you get them to the ground, tap them out. I love, I love to hear it. I always tell that. Oh, I always, yeah. I always say I think everybody should should do a self defense class. But I, I more so think women should mm -hmm. because there's yes. most, mostly like assaults on women. And like, yeah, I just love the fact when I see those videos, like great. Um, which Gracie is it that has the wife that was a professional wrestler? Uh, he does those videos. I know who you're talking about, but I'm yeah. blanking on the name. <laughs> yeah, I am too. And it's like, we look like bad jujitsu people right now. Um, but like he always shows videos of like his I'm such wife. a bad jujitsu person. I don't know. <laughs> I am too. I just like you know, people watch like the ADCC and they're like all excited. I go, I, no, I'm good. I'm just, I just like doing it. I watch the UFC. Like I like the MMA stuff way more than Same. I like just like flow grappling or like the Toro cup stuff. I'm like, yeah, MMA. Yeah, like <laughs> There's I'm a, punching and choking. Like, yeah. come on. It's way more now, fun. <laughs> now they have to put like slapping in jujitsu. That's a new one. It's oh like, my like, gosh. Yes. Somebody at our gym was training for a slap. I call it just slap jitsu, whatever. Like imagine somebody's like filming and they're just like doing this. And yeah. like, he was like trying to pass the door. <laughs> just, like, <cracking> up. <laughs> just like doing this move with your hand, the little schwicky, like just, just hitting them. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Who's uh, who's who do you like in the uh, UFC or, or uh, Bellator? Who do you, who you like? Um, well, I love Valentina Shevchenko. She's my hero. Um, I like she's just so intelligent, so wise. Um, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan, but he did an interview with her a couple months back, and I like sat there like listening so attentively because I love her. Um, she's like a total badass. She's so well traveled. She's so empathetic. She can speak like four languages. Okay, like. That in and of itself is a feat. Yeah, that's um, so she's just like an all-around like amazing person, and I very much admire her. So she's my favorite for sure. <laughs> that's fantastic. Now let's end with this because we talked about this real quick. What would your theme song be? You come out. You've never fought yet, right? Or have you? Um, I did a Muay Thai tournament last year, but I, no, no more for me. I've, I've been there, done that, got my medal, <laughs> went home. <laughs> so what would your theme song be? And did you use it for that? No, it was like one of those like local, like it was like a tournament, like a round robin thing. So you would like go in, they just call your name and you'd like run onto the mat and two minutes later it'd be over. Um, <laughs> but my walkout song, if I was like walking out to the octagon would be born for greatness by Papa Roach. Oh, I love that Papa one. Roach. When did that, when did I that love Papa about? Roach. That one's actually pretty recent. They, they've had a couple new albums like in the past couple of years and been really, really good. So I would recommend checking out their new stuff too. The lead singer is very pro mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to a concert um, like 2019, the summer of 2019. And that was like the first time I'd seen them live. And it was amazing. I had a, the best time at their concert. And he did speak very openly about mental health and like how it led to them creating some of their songs, especially on their like newer albums. So it was really, I mean, I would love that concert. I would go back to a Papa Roach concert anytime they came by Raleigh. <laughs> Fantastic. Now it's, I, I always forget it. Is it the Renner Gracie? That's who it is. R E N E R. Oh, is it like when they do the Henner, like the H? It's Henner Gracie, yeah. yeah Henner Gracie. <laughs> I always forget that. Again, terrible jujitsu practitioner. Like, I just know Gordon Ryan. That's it. I don't know all these other people. <laughs> I'm just like, it's ridiculous. 
Um, talk a little bit about the podcast real quick and we'll wrap up. Sure. Yeah. So emotional travel is a lot about um, conversations around emotional experiences we have while traveling. There's a lot of like what I post on Instagram or others post on Instagram or blogs is like, here's what to do when you get to a location. But I really want to know what you felt when you got to a location. So a lot of the conversations I've had have been around like, what does it feel like to be doing this or that? Or um, I had a hotel blogger on and I was like, what does it mean? She's very all about like laid back luxury. So like, what does laid back luxury feel like? To you, how do we all find it within ourselves? You know, things like that. Um, so, like, I really want to delve into that, like, emotional part of traveling, not just like where you've been, what do, what do you recommend doing, but like, how did that make you feel? Lacey Lahosky, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> We're going to end with this. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Uh, today, I'm grateful for going and working out, sleeping in because it's Sunday. It's the best. The best. <laughs> I love sleeping in. It's the best. Um, and then my husband, because he um, has been such a huge supporter of me, um, both with my mental health, my physical health, um, blogging, with my career development. He's just, like my number one fan, and I just love him so much. So I'm always grateful for him. And where can <laughs> everyone find you? So you can find my website at liveitupwithlacy.com. It's L-A-C-E-Y. That's how you spell my name. Um, Instagram is the same, liveitupwithlacy. Um, or you can find my podcast, the Emotional Travel Podcast. I think it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now. Um, I need to check to see if it's anywhere else. But I did try to do that a while back. I just didn't check to see if it went through. So right, right. <laughs> live it up with Lacey. I feel like living up with Lacey would be a great CBS show. It's like living up with Lacey. Like... Friday, yeah. you know what I mean. It just has. Yeah, that. you like follow me around, like like just see what my life is like. <laughs> You'd the be travel, very the travel channel could use you. Yes, I mean my glowing personality yeah. is just perfect for the travel channel. <laughs> I'll uh, if that happens, I want in. I want. I'll want to be like the camera guy, yeah. the boom mic guy, one of those. Because you're short enough, I can the hold one, the boom mic up. Like, right, exactly. Works up, <laughs> and it'll still be out of the camera because everybody else is so much taller than me. Exactly. Lacey Lahosky, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope you have a great day, weekend, month, year, everything, and safe travels for <laughs> you, you in the future. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.